It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Luke Weaver kept the $450 million New York Mets at bay for six innings, allowing the Reds to steal the first game of a three-game set in a game where several things went the Reds' way. We're going to discuss all that and more on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans, and we have an addiction that we have turned into information for you. want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter, or if you're checking us out on YouTube, drop a thought down here in our comments section, because we love talking reds and we want to talk reds with you lockdown reds is part of the lock um locked on podcast network your team every day thanks for making us your first listen every single day and if you are an everyday or please let us know in the comment section or tweet at us or something like that we are happy to have you thank you so much for checking us out and on today's podcast we have some celebrating to do because we said that the reds we just wanted to see one win we just wanted to see what they could do against the mets and in game one they got that win we're going to tell you how they did it plus the reds made some roster moves we're going to look at what those are and why they have us all confused and uh it might be a little bit early but we're going to start talking about some all-star thoughts later on in today's episode. Before we get to all of that, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible, eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. All right, Steve. The Reds stole one from the Mets last night. There were lots of heroes in this game. So very happy to already be talking about a Reds win over the $450 million Mets, though. 
Oh yeah, the the sweep is now off the table, and that's exciting for me. Uh, we got that over with early. Uh, we we know that a lot of things, as I mentioned up top, Jeff, a lot of things went the Reds' way in this game for them to steal the first game of this series, and it starts with the fact that Luke Weaver was able to hang in there and go six innings. Now look, he gave up some long balls, but they were all solo shots. He allowed four earned runs in those six innings, and you know the strikeouts outweighed the bases on balls. He struck out two and only walked one. And we've talked about where you can't walk guys and set yourself up for failure. He didn't do that. He didn't put guys on base for free. He kept the Reds in this game, and then the offense came through. Yeah, and we talked about this at the end of Tuesday's episode in case someone didn't check that out. When it comes to Luke Weaver, I think this is the best we can expect. Six innings, four runs allowed. He did pitch into the seventh inning. He wasn't able to get any outs in that seventh inning. But I, I, I kind of jokingly said, can Luke Weaver make us a believer? Mm, I don't think so. I don't know that he made me a believer, but at least for one more start, he didn't make me think, why on earth are we running this guy out there? Well, and it's certainly better than anything that Luis Sessa gave us during his time in this rotation. And we'll we'll get into Sessa here in a little bit. But the thing I liked about this, Jeff, is this is this is one of those starts from a guy that you're not really expecting a whole lot from anyway. But he did just the bare minimum to to make you believe that he can come out the next time. And if this is what he does every time out with the hitters that the Reds have and the ability to score some runs in bunches at times. You know, it's perfectly acceptable to have a number five guy in your rotation that can give you six innings. And on these six innings now, he was only at 80 pitches. That's why they ran him back out there for the seventh. Uh, he was still had a fairly low pitch count. Uh, he was able to keep the game close. And I think that's all you can ask for from a guy that's doing something that, you know, as you said, when this transaction came across in the offseason, you know, he wasn't good enough to start for the Royals. So for him to give this to the Reds, six innings, four run baseball, I will take it every single time he toes the rubber. And he really set the table for what was an amazing day for this lineup. Now, let's be clear, Max Scherzer scratched before the start of this game. He had neck spasms, wasn't able to pitch. So they called up David Peterson, the Mets did, to make this start. And the Reds were all over David Peterson. He actually had a pretty solid season last year. And there were many of starts where David Peterson proved himself very worthy of being part of this Mets rotation. But the Reds were able to just jump all over him. And I look squarely at two guys out of the lineup. I look at TJ Friedel and I look at Jonathan India. Now we have been talking about them being the one two punch for some reason. David Bell didn't have that set up this way. TJ Friedel was at the bottom of the lineup and Jonathan India was at the top. So they were definitely far apart, but they still seem to be the driving force for this team. TJ Friedel had a multi-hit game two for four. He even had a triple in there. Jonathan India had three RBIs on the day and it was just a fantastic day for this lineup as they were able to get, a get, 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 get them on and get them over and get them in against David Peterson. And then whenever the Mets went to the bullpen, at least to start, they were still able to score against those guys too. So, you know, that's the first thing that went the Reds way was Max Serger was unable to go for whatever yeah. reason. 
and that benefited the Reds. Uh, there were some other things in this game, and here's where I hijack the rundown because I forgot to put this on here, Jeff. But I want to talk for just a minute about, you know, the Reds ultimately win this game 7-6. to six, And how big was Will Myers getting away with blatant interference at second base? <laughs> I mean, he clearly reaches up and grabs the glove and disrupts that whole play and gets away with it and then comes around to score on the very next at-bat. Look, I, this is another instance, and usually, I mean, if this would have happened for the Reds, I would have been all over Twitter, but I kind of laid off this one because it helped the Reds. But if it hurt the Reds, this is another instance where I say, what is the point of replay? If we have replay and they can go back and they look at the play and they can change it and make it for the better and get the right call, then they should, but they don't. I mean, 90% of the time, they always come back and they say, no, we can't. And then with this whole thing with Buck Showalter getting ejected because he was arguing it, it's just, it's a silly thing. It's like, if we've got the technology, let's just use it. And and, and yeah, I, I still say it goes for the Reds, so I'm not really that mad about it. But if the uh, tables were turned here, like our friend Ryan Finkelstein over at Lockdown Mets is pretty not happy about that, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. For sure. And, and you're right. If that had been the other way around, I would probably still be blowing up Twitter right yeah. now. In anger. So, so, hey, you know, we don't get very many calls like that. So I will take it. I will embrace it. And yes, I will you. I will I'll be happy with this win. Now, look, the other guy we didn't mention yet was Nick Senzel with his multi hit game. And I only bring that up. Jeff to just say that he the, the beat goes on for him as the third baseman. Uh, he continues to you know, while not hitting quite as hot as when his hot streak started, you know, multi-hit game, he's still in there doing it. He's playing great defensively. I, I'm just still happy to see it. And that's why I continue to bring him up. Now we got into some trouble a little bit later in this game as the Mets just started chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Uh, clearly Derek law did not have it. was not able to do a whole lot. Uh, we end up at a point where Lucas Sims is brought in to slam the door. And it didn't exactly go according to plan. So I would like to get your thoughts on this. It felt to me like David Bell was a little bit quick with that hook on Lucas Sims, not letting him continue to push through that inning. Listen, Alexis Diaz has been very good, but he has struggled in multiple inning outings where the adrenaline kind of comes down. So, and I texted you after he came in in the eighth. I'm like, oh, this is where Diaz has struggled. I feel like maybe David Bell pushed the panic button a little bit in that moment. Yeah, I think he saw because he felt what I was feeling in that moment where it was like, there's no way, right? There's no way, right? We were up seven to one. There's no way, right? Like, come on, like, don't lose this game. And then, then, then they were so close, but I thought Lucas Sims should have been given at least one more out. I mean, Lucas Sims has proven himself to be a reliable reliever. If it were flipped and it was Derek law in that situation, absolutely pull him. Derek law, very inconsistent. He's had some nice outings, had some bad outings, but I kind of thought, and, and, and it's so easy to scrutinize a manager with hindsight because hindsight's 2020, but looking back on it, Lucas Sims should have just been the first one out of the pen in this situation. Good team. Reds are up on them. You want to get this win. Let's treat it like it is a safe situation. I felt like he brought in Derek law because the game wasn't quote unquote that close. Like I, I think he brought him in because he felt like there was a cushion. Well, if you want to get rid of a cushion, bring a guy in that's not supposed to 
keep a close game close. Like, I, I, I feel like that should have been Sims to start with. And yes, I felt like Sims should have finished the eighth inning. Now, this this just continues to compound the credit that we should give Alexis Diaz because you're right. He has struggled in multiple out situations, like multiple inning situations where he has to get more than three outs. Today, not so much. He got four outs, three of them strikeouts. Fantastic stuff from him. He did have a walk and he worked around a hit and things like that. But overall, it was a phenomenal performance by him to get this save and to shut the door against his older brother's team, which obviously his older brother wasn't going to be able to play in this game, but still kind of a moment where he can just be like, Hey, bro, I got you, man. And you know, another hat tip to Alexis Diaz. Uh, one of the things that was a problem all night long was home plate umpire strike zone. And it was, I, I don't recall, it was very Angel Hernandez esque. It was all over the place. And yeah. you know, kudos to the Reds hitters for not losing their cool and getting tossed. And kudos to Alexis Diaz for hanging in there and getting the save to secure the Reds uh, a victory because the Reds got a lot of hitting and just enough pitching to steal one from the New York Cohens. Uh, coming up, the Reds made a few roster moves before the game, Jeff, and I know it had me scratching my head, and I know it had you scratching your head. Uh, we're going to tell everyone why coming up next. Today's episode of the Locked on Reds podcast is brought to you by so rare one of our new sponsors we're so excited to have them on board so rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace that transforms fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 major league baseball teams unlike other fantasy baseball platforms so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience from collecting buying selling and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards win or lose you still own your cards and there's no cost to play so rares mlb game weeks happen twice weekly and span a three to four day cycle at the end of the game weeks so rare mlb managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards which can include so rare scarcity cards game tickets merchandise signed jerseys and vip experiences like meeting major league baseball stars Prizes may vary depending on the competition. Head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash locked on to start playing today. The Reds and the Mets are going at it once again in game two of this three-game set at 6.40 tonight at Great American Ballpark. Hunter Green has 23 strikeouts in his last three starts. You can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search Reds. You can also follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you're also following us between shows. You can follow me at S Offenbaker. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. All right, Jeff, before this game got underway yesterday, the Reds made some moves that some were expected. Uh, some we ended up being right about. And then one of them was a real head scratcher. So let me just run through what went down yesterday pregame. Uh, Reaver San Martin was in fact sent to the injured list. If you've been listening to this program, you knew that was coming. Uh, Kevin Herget was called up to fill that spot in the bullpen. I believe you called that a couple episodes back. You pretty much said he was going to be the guy and he was. 
uh, here is where we get into the real head scratching moment. Luis Sessa has been removed from the starting rotation and not sent to the bullpen. Jeff, he was designated for assignment and Ben lively has been called up for a possible start on Thursday. Uh, I have a whole lot of questions about what exactly is going on here, because while I agree that Luis Sessa should have been removed from the rotation, uh, he was a perfectly fine relief pitcher for this team before they started tinkering with him in the rotation. Yeah, a lot of the reports and a lot of folks were kind of focusing on, yes, he was removed from the rotation and DFA'd. Well, he made a relief appearance the other day. So I thought like, okay, he's removed from the rotation. And he's going to be in the bullpen, which you and I have said all along is the best spot for him because he can be versatile. He can kind of fill in where needed. He can be a late inning guy. He can be a long relief type dude, whatever you need him to be. And instead, he's no longer here because now that means that the Reds have 10 days to either put him on waivers, trade him or release him. That seems like a very big jump based on where we were just a week ago. Like, okay, yes, we understand he's not going to be in the rotation. He was not good there. But to completely get rid of him at a time where your bullpen needs as much, like, and I guess he's not necessarily a fresh arm, but it needs the dudes to lead it. He seemed like a guy who could be a dude. And I feel like it's weird that we have just straight out cut him. I kind of feel, and you know, don't have one around to put on, but put your tinfoil hats on because I kind of feel like there's more to this than meets the eye. Oh, I think there has to be. Uh, I've seen wild speculation, and I know you and I both put feelers out, and nobody's really talking about what went down that led up to this decision. Um, I haven't heard back from any of my guys that are in the know, and I know I don't think you've heard back either. But there's been some speculation. I have to wonder. I'm just going to wonder out loud. I'm just going to speculate, Jeff. Yeah. I have to wonder if he either just wanted a change of scenery in general or if he possibly refused to go back to the bullpen. I know right. that he was very vocal about wanting to be a starter. He left Team Mexico during the World Baseball Classic in order to come back and compete to be a starter. Uh, do you? Could it be possible? Could he have just flat out said, hey, I'm not going? I mean, has anybody seen him hang out with Jonah Williams recently? Like, I feel like though both those guys have decided that they know what position they need to play and they don't want to play any other position. Uh, no, all kidding aside, I, I, I find it strange because he came here on a trade with the uh, Yankees where literally the Reds sent a player to be named later to the Yankees to get him. So this was akin to the Yankees simply DFAing him. They just were able to save his salary because they actually traded him. Now he's once again in this position. I, I, I wonder what's going on behind the scenes. And, and he's a guy that I, I swear that he, he could bring value to this bullpen. And yet for some reason, the, the Reds feel in, in all of the quotes, and I saw the quote from David Bell where he was just like, we feel like this is the move to help make us a better team. Really? Like, of all the things that the Reds could do, addition by subtraction was not necessarily one of the moves I thought they could do. No, and and to for it to be Ben Lively, <laughs> you know... And, and, you know, are we going to beat this to death? We're going to beat this to death because they've got Andrew Abbott. They've got Levi Stout. They've got Brandon Williamson. And we get Ben, Li ben Lively. Look, 
I don't know. He could be perfectly fine. He's probably a great guy, but he does not move the needle. He doesn't make this team better. So for me, you absolutely have to do something different here. And then with Sessa going away versus into the bullpen, you know, Herget is just fine. He probably has some upside. He could get better. But I know that Luis Sessa can pitch out of the pin. So for me... I want to see, I want to know the rest of this story. You know, back in the old days, Jeff, there was a, a radio program by Paul Harvey and he would do the news in the morning and he would come back in the evening and tell us the rest of the story. And there would be some great story and that's how he would end it. And I want to know the rest of the story on this Luis Sessa saga. Yeah. And I'm with you on the Ben Lively start because this also comes, this is another roster. It's not necessarily like repositioning a guy on the roster, but the Reds kind of shuffled the starting rotation again because Nick Lodolo was supposed to make the start on the getaway game on Thursday. He has been moved back. He's not going to start until Saturday now. And now the Thursday start game three against the Mets becomes the open TBD slot. They have not announced who it is. However, there are multiple beat writers like Bobby Nightingale, Mark Sheldon, who are reporting that Ben Lively could be the guy. And they quote his AAA statistics and they say, well, he's got a 2.3 ERA and AAA and all this other stuff. And it's like, okay, you're right. Maybe he comes out and he has a nice start, but still, are we really looking at Ben Lively as being a part of this rotation in the future? No. What is the stated goal for this year? Figuring out who's going to be here when the Reds are good again. I feel like Ben Lively is not part of that plan. He's not. The bottom line is this, Jeff. None of these moves made the Reds better today. None of these moves positioned the Reds to answer the questions of whether or not they're going to be better tomorrow and beyond into 2024. Exactly, Steve. But you know what? Let's bring it back because that was a weird, you know, what are we thinking segment. Let's bring it back to positivity because it's never too early to talk about the all-star game. And we have some thoughts on who has made their case already to be included in the Midsummer Classic conversation. That is coming up right after this. Before we tell you about that, though, we want to tell you that tonight the Reds and Mets get going at 6.40 p.m. Eastern time, and you've got Hunter Green on the mound. He's going up against Justin Verlander, and we kind of talked about this. Will Verlander start? Probably after they lost that first game. The Mets are definitely going to have Justin Verlander go tonight against the Reds. That's at 6.40 p.m. Eastern time, and you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Simply search Reds. Plus, you can follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube. And in between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter. Make sure you're checking us out there uh, because we love, we always say this, we love talking Reds and we want to talk Reds with you. All right, Steve, uh, last night had me thinking because TJ Friedel has been on one heck of a tear to start this season. And sure, we always say the caveat, short, small sample size, early season, all this other stuff. But you know what the All-Star game was made for? Guys who go off in the early part of the season. It is both a benefit and a detractor. There's plenty of people that say, well, why on earth do you have it in the middle of the season? It benefits guys who have crazy first halves and completely disappear in the second halves. But you know what? It is where it is, and T.J. Friedel is hot right now. 
absolutely. We've talked about this uh, during prep, but we haven't really spent any time talking about this on a show yet. And there's probably three guys that are legitimate contenders right now on this Reds roster yeah. to represent them at the Midsummer Classic. And and you bring up TJ Friedel. Let's talk about his numbers for just a second, Jeff. He has a slash line right now uh, as of uh, the first game of the Mets, 320. 370, 496. He's got 18 RBIs with three home runs. Uh, he's playing against righties. He's playing against lefties. Uh, he is uh, Captain Chaos. He has done all of the things that he has been asked to do. And you're absolutely right. I would love to see him find his way into the All-Star game uh, this year for the Cincinnati Reds. Can you imagine a guy who was not on anyone's prospect radar was not a top rated guy. What people weren't fawning over him whenever he got called up and he gets an all-star game on his resume. Like that would just be so awesome. That would be so TJ Friedel. TJ Friedel is the grittiest dude on this team. And he is absolutely sure. I mean, he showed it last night, beautiful two RBI triple that he had really to kind of kick the door open, at least at the time. It felt like it was kicking the door open on the Mets. Of course, the Mets were able to come back at, 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 later on in that game. But overall, just an amazing start to the season for TJ Friedel. And you're absolutely right. There's two other guys that we're looking at who could possibly garner some all-star votes. And what we're talking about here, we understand, especially when it comes to TJ Friedel, we Reds fans need to stuff the battle box for this guy because – there's no Dodger fans out there. There's no Mariners fans out there that are going to give a darn about what TJ Friedel is doing. They're not going to see him and be impressed. There might be some Mets fans that are now impressed by what he has done. There might be some other fans of teams that we've played before, but they're not going to vote for him. We've got to stuff the ballot box for TJ Friedel. Now there's two other guys and one of them, we won't have to vote for at all because he's a pitcher and that's Alexis Diaz. Alexis Diaz is looking like an all-star in and of himself, 12 and a third innings, which I believe that means is that 37. Yeah. 12 times three, 37 outs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, 36 and then a third. Inning. So 37 outs, 24 of his 37 outs are strikeouts. His, oh, he's been good. I mean, I mean, he's amazing. His whip is less than one. His whip is 0.73. So that means there's some innings, no base runners at all. Just a phenomenal performance so far for him. You know, I have a hard time envisioning that when this actually comes around, that the Reds are going to get three representatives at the All-Star game. So the next guy on this list is really going to be problematic for TJ Friedel because the next guy on this list is, in fact, former Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India, who is having a renaissance season. Right now, 307, 397, 465, 17 RBIs, three home runs, and seven steals. That's a big difference in his game this year also, this running game. Uh, I would imagine, Jeff, if I had to predict it how it would play out that unless as you say the ballot box gets stuffed and tj friedel gets a, a miracle selection uh diaz and india are probably the front runners for the reds representatives to the all-star game uh, one as a position player the other as a relief pitcher and i think as we get closer and as you know all-star voting really gets going and things like that i'll dig in deeper to what the second base situation is but i gotta believe that india is one of the favorites to win the second base spot i can't think of a lot of other guys that are really jumping off the page at second base for me and if he's going to continue to hit 300 and get on base nearly 40 percent of the time it's going to be hard to keep him out of the all-star game he should be at the very least, voted in with the initial vote, and if not, make it in with the final vote. 
because he has figured out who he is as a player. And he even has seven steals to boot with everything that he's doing. Like he is just leaning in to the leadoff role and he's doing it so well because we talked about it last year. He was so focused on power and trying to add the big bopper to his game and really crush some homers. And it just kind of messed everything up. And so when he went back to his roots, when he went back to what got him that rookie of the year award, not only has he done what got him there, he's been better. Like I, I, I think that we can say that we are starting to at least see some signs that he is improving on his rookie of the year campaign, which is something that we heard David Bell talk about. We something we heard Nick crawl talk about throughout the off season. They're like, Oh, Jonathan India wants to be even better than he was in his rookie of the year campaign. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. You say that now in December, let's see it during the season. Guess what? We're seeing it. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there, Jeff, that are going, but what about any of the big three? Uh, as we have outlined, Nick Lodolo has had his struggles and is still trying to figure it out. I think uh, his last several starts uh, have been a setback as far as a possible all-star selection. Hunter Green has been inconsistent. He has shown flashes. He got the big extension. He's going to be around a while. He will eventually find his way got to the all-star the night. And then Graham Ashcraft, who's probably been the best of the threes coming off of a pretty bad outing. But as you outlined yesterday, even with that bad outing, his numbers still look good. Here's the thing. All three of these pitchers are in their sophomore seasons. We're wanting to put a little bit more wear on their arms this year than we had last year. And just quite frankly, I don't want any of them anywhere near an exhibition game in the middle of the season where other people are in control of what they're doing and that the Reds aren't right there locking it down. I would rather them not be involved at all, at least as far as this all-star game goes. No, I could see that. And, I wonder if there's maybe even a discussion to be had about Alexis Diaz as well, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that it's not necessarily the biggest problem in the world that the Reds don't have a ton of all-star all-star player hopefuls or something like that, but I definitely believe it starts with TJ Friedel and Jonathan India, and we'll see if anybody else creeps their way into the conversation between now and then. The problem is I think by now, especially for the, for the Reds, a, a player like Tyler Stevenson or a player like Will Myers would have already had to establish himself as having a pretty good year. And both those guys are kind of on the come up just now. They're not already established. So I, I think we're probably looking at one of India or Friedel to make the all-star game this season. I think you're correct. And you know, Jeff, that's probably a good happy spot to leave this for the day. Before we get out of here, don't forget that you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search Reds. And that's going to wrap us up for this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thanks as always for making us your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, just how different is that Jonathan India this year from last year? Going to get into some numbers with you and tell you just how good he's been. Now for your second lesson, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day. I'm guessing they might tell you to pick up Jonathan India in your fantasy league, although he's probably already picked up. Maybe trade for him. Whatever. Go get Jonathan India. I'm sure Matt and Dom are saying that because you should check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's just like Locked On Reds. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are your team every day. Steve? We've already got one win against the Mets. If they somehow steal another, we could win the series against the Mets. Or the Reds could. Not we. We don't play for the Reds. The Reds can win the series against the Mets. So what's that mean for you and me? 
Well, that means you and I are going to continue to monitor these crazy transactions that the Reds are making and hope beyond hope that very soon we'll be seeing Matt McClain and Ellie De La Cruz and Christian Encarnacion Strand and Levi Stout and Brandon Williamson and Andrew Abbott and the list goes on and on and on. We'll keep bringing all that information back right here to keep everyone locked on Reds every single day. You think I'll make the all-star team for the Locked On Network? Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.